You are now vibing with Choose Peace, a podcast dedicated to the fighter in you, a safe space of girl talk, meaningful conversation, shared life experiences, and genuine practical encouragement to support you in the daily fight to choose peace. I am your host, B. So go ahead and fill your cup, coffee mug, or a glass for that matter. And let's talk. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another weekly session of Choose Peace, the podcast. Guys, I just want to say that I'm so grateful for the chance to share with you all. I'm even more thankful for the support and the responses. Thank you for the love. I'm, I'm going to keep it going. This week, let's talk about what it means to protect your peace. I'm not referring to making sure you get the legal documentation and locking mechanism for your firearms. I hope that you are all ready up to speed on that. But I'm talking about the piece that we've been chatting up these few weeks. So I left my career mid-January 2023, and I went hard for two months just setting everything up learning equipment, choosing materials, getting over learning curves, you know, the whole shebang. And I kid you not, the closer my launch date came, the tougher life got. Not like life in general, just, I guess, the attack on my peace. Like I'd been in my own world, in my own space, and shit just got hella hectic emotionally. I even had to reset my launch date because I just couldn't. I'm glad that it worked out the way it did because I was able to get over that final almost trick and drive and see it through, you know, just that final push. And I'm glad that it worked out that way because it worked out better, I guess. But have you all ever noticed that the closer you get to a target or a major breakthrough, you seem to get tested the toughest. Like the disturbances take a five-hour energy or something. Or right when you've gotten comfortable with your life as you've made it, here comes so-and-so judgmental or Mr. Holding on to some old feelings or just people who have the audacity to feel strongly about things that don't concern them. Like they're holding a grudge against you because... You had the nerve to say no more and set and stick to your boundaries and not be moved. (laughs) Let's talk about why you must protect your peace. First things first, you put in a lot of work to create and dwell in your peace. And I'm speaking to myself too here. We benefit from this space as well as anyone we come into contact with, whether they accept it or not. But you firstly benefit from this space. It's your holy space. You prep it, you cleanse it, you weed it, you flourish and grow here like a garden. Think about what it takes to grow a potted flower. You have to choose the right pot for the type of seed you're planting, right? The soil is very important. 
what you place the seed in is important because it's the foundation that your seed will sprout its roots into. It will pull a lot of the needed nutrients from the soil mixture. So if you're like me, you're turning the soil mixture bag over looking for harmful chemicals or additives, right? You want to give your flower, which is not yet a flower. It's only a seed, but you believe that this seed, no matter how small, will bloom one day after some period of waiting, fertilizing, watering, and getting the right amount of sun. Well, if I was a preacher, I might have something. (laughs) The place that you plant yourself to heal, to grow, to manifest and thrive, the place you go to have rest is important because it's what you made it. It's what you say yay or nay to. So if we're sticking with this potted plant script here, if you know you're growing a flower that requires light, you're not going to place it in the darkest, murkiest corner of your basement. You won't place it in the midst of weeds and leave the opportunity for lawn care to ruin it. You're going to find the right place for it. Especially if you have the choice to do so, why would you not? Just like houseplants. Sidebar, I love houseplants, but I am not the best at keeping them alive. It is a very sad saga. However, I am on a new quest and I have started with a ZZ plant. She is the star of the show where she is currently placed. I pass her often. I speak to her and I remember to water her when she is thirsty and measure her growth. But I realized where she is is a bit far away from the sunlight. So I take her on walks. Yes, I take my plant on walks, which is good for both of us. And I got that idea from a little girl I saw on Instagram a while back walking her plant. Anyway, your piece is your garden. And gardeners do not play about their garden. Gardeners put up the necessary predatorial deterrence message. Gardeners prepare for the seasons. Gardeners harvest when it is time because gardeners have patience and gardeners understand the impact of the work they put in and how it will be rewarded with the fruits, flowers, or vegetables of their labor. Message. Be a gardener of your peace, pretty much. Another reason why we must protect our peace is our peace has become our baby. If you are a mother of children or fur babies, you'll get this. This will resonate. You make sure that you do the routine checkups. You get the onesie that reads, my mama say don't be kissing on me. We don't know where your mouth been. You buy all the crazy dog and cat people accessories. And there are some moments that humans share with their pets that are inexplainable. Like you just know you're connected to that animal. I have a Cane Corso. And when I went to the breeder to see the litter, there were six pups left. I didn't necessarily want a girl, but I just kind of got in the midst of them and observed their personalities and interactions with each other and myself. There was this one beautiful, like massive gray boy. He was tossing his weight around. He was a little meanie. Um, There was a really 
pissy black one, super energetic, just pissy happy. And then this little brindle, probably the smallest, if I'm remembering correctly. But if you've ever seen a batch of four month old Kane Corso puppies, that's not really saying much. But she came over and sniffed around me curiously. And then she just kind of crawled in my lap and just took all the snuggles and love that I had. So she definitely passed the vibe check with me. My next step was to get my oldest son out of the car. And she, he came over and she kind of just went over to him and sniffed his hand. And then just like immediately sat at his chin to next to him. It was just like staring in his face like, okay, you're my boy. What's next? So I want to pause the frame right here and add just a little bit uh, of some perspective. At that point, I was four months into my separation. And the kids and I had just recently moved out of our dream home, I guess, and into our new place. Um, so this the puppy was definitely an emotional purchase. Sometimes um, when you get the relief that you so desperately um, desire, it hits you like a ton of bricks. And that's what happened to me in the spring of 22. My emotions that I've been tucking away and surviving on top of just kind of pushed forward and I panicked. Um, she's definitely my emotional support puppy and we do still have the best cuddles, but I was hella sick the morning after when I saw how much I paid for her and that I just essentially added another baby to my pack of three. But anywho, many people, um, view a task, a goal or a project as something that they have given birth to. It is something that is nourished. You sharpen the skills needed to develop that vision prototype or end product and you will always save your work you back it up to the cloud you know you just make a point to protect your work there's no difference in protecting your peace you also want to protect your peace because you don't want to go backwards how disheartening is it to get so far and have to start over for example if part of your peace is working on your anger, if you are choosing peace over anger and you've been doing exceptionally well, you haven't cursed out any of the telemarketers on the phone, you've actually talked to the parent of the child who pushed your baby on the playground, you deleted that borderline insubordinate email response to your coworker or supervisor, you, ch you didn't chase down the douchebag who cut you off on the freeway and then had the audacity to flip you off. But one day, they might catch you on the right day and all of your breathing exercises and counting backwards goes right out the window and boom, fireworks. Hopefully not as far as that train wreck, road rage, saga beef, beef, that's what it's called from Netflix. Gee, but I've been there and that place that that follows the blow up the embarrassment because now you've just been taken out of character the guiltiness and the feeling of all of the work being gone but the good part of it the sunny side is the reflection given that we didn't black out and do something that can't be undone or forgiven you know but in the reflection we're able to manage better to get back on it Maybe we just need perspective. If someone is cutting you off and driving like a maniac at 7 a.m., it sucks for them to not have a good morning routine. 
If that office bully is still with the shits via email, sucks to have such a dense life that the job is their flicks. Good thing nothing in that office is going home and pouring you a glass of wine and running your bath water. And the basic fact that we have to remember is what is in our control. And if we focus on that, it will help ground us moving forward. Don't be a pushover, though. That's not what I'm saying. Make sure that they know it's because you choose not to set it off. Let's move on to some practical how-tos to protect our peace. Because, you know, I'm, I'm going to get out of your way and I'm not going to keep you alone. So how? Stay focused on your goals. It's very easy to get sidetracked. For me, it's helping others. I tend to rationalize, sticking my neck out or altering what I have going on, changing up my life to accommodate others. Maybe because I feel like it's the right thing to do or... I would want someone to do that for me or something like that. But I'm learning to not answer every phone call. In fact, I'm learning to turn my phone off. It's on a limited do not disturb during my work hours. But as long as my children and my mate are all accounted for under our roof, it will be okay until the next day. Align your priorities and keep them in the forefront. Track your goals. Just like a daily habit tracker. If you journal at the end of the week, reflect back on how many days you completed your habits. If your goal was to read or listen to one book this month, how many days did you set aside 20 minutes to read this week? If your goal was to learn coding or digital art or some new skill, how many days did you set aside 30 minutes of learning on YouTube University? How many days did you unplug? How many meals did you replace a not-so-healthy item with the healthier option? With that said, I myself are still learning a couple things. One, if we don't stay focused on our goals, we will find ourselves so far off of our path, the path that we were initially on, and it would cause us to just be annoyed and in a negative headspace, feeling like we put our stuff on hold and let things pile up. Or we stretched some deadlines or maybe made some room, moved some things around that we'll have to make up later on down the line. And then when we look up, we spent ample amounts of time, space and energy on something that's not even our journey. And we end up exhausting ourselves then or pretty much losing it in the end. Number two, we cannot control how our intentions are received. There are so many things at play in each of our universes at any given time. Meaning we can have all the best intentions and I have any ulterior motives, just literally doing things off the strength. And we could find that our name is getting ran through the mud and all we were trying to do was help. Been there, done there, right? And for some of us hardheads out there who have to be shown two and three times because we just have to look for the good in people, eventually we will get it. Three, have a trusted accountability partner. This is someone who knows you, knows your essence, your drive, and how far you've come. Bonus points if that person is the kind of person that lets you live and learn, but trusts your journey as well and appreciates it for you. Someone that you will trust when they pull the reins and say, hey, sit down, you are doing too much. For me, it's my boo. He said very straightforwardly, 
and confidently, but almost in like a supportive, you set the boundary way. Um, at this point where I was just taking on a lot and he was on, he went on to say pretty much after your current obligation is completed, don't take on anything outside of home base, the house, the children, the brand for the rest of the year. I said, Hmm, that's tangible. It's coming from a trusted source backed by irrefutable facts, time stamped and traceable is doable. That charge is largely about priorities and focus sprinkled with boundaries. Get you one of them. <laughs> it's nothing like it. There's an exercise that E.T., uh, who's the hip hop preacher, he did during one of his engagements. And it's where he had kind of has you set up your goals and write down who gets affected by those goals, the ones that, that really matter. And then he tells you to call someone like a trusted person and speak them out loud. Accountability. And I'm paraphrasing his exercise, but that's the gist. It's accountability. How else do we protect our peace? Say no, period. Let your no be a complete sentence, not followed by semicolon or comma or paragraph. No is in fact a complete sentence. I had this thing where saying no made me uncomfortable. Even now, I still have a slight uneasiness in the act of saying no or setting a boundary. I kind of slow my breathing, but I'm no longer bracing myself for impact. It's not the panicky, put off the inevitable, inevitable until my hand is forced weariness. This ugh feeling is because of how I perceive the relationship may change or the perception of me that person has may change. In the past, this inability to say no would cause me to take on and agree to things that my realistic, internal, rational voice would just say no to and move on. A great part of my journey has been increasing the confidence of and empowering that inner voice. Because she is me. In real time, I am shedding this shell and becoming me genuinely. I just need to strengthen my filter and think before I speak. But I am trusting this process. Loving the transformation. For those of you out there that are naturally confident, kudos to you. I have friends who would be like Drewski and I'm Drake on that laugh now cry later video. You know, they're just like. Just say no. What are you tripping on? And I'm uh, emotional trying to have a warrior spirit because I just don't want to. And why do people have to ask me things and expect those type of requests to be okay? And my friends are like, bro, come on. Are you serious right now? Just tell them no. Like, are you okay? <laughs> Shout out to my naturally confident friends out, out there. <laughs> a few weeks back, I listened to Shonda Rhimes' audiobook, Year of Yes. She has a chapter of saying no, which deeply resonated with me. I would be so anxious about setting boundaries that I would eventually just cave under the pressure and was essentially put on myself. How insane is that? And if you're listening and that's you, you're in that place, I'm not judging you. You're safe here. We just don't know how insane some things are until we've grown out of them. So how do we do that? Grow. 
We set boundaries, starting with yourself. It starts with those intrusive thoughts. When you start to calculate how much of A, B, and C you can change or lengthen or push down the line to accommodate one, two, and three for so-and-so, just stop. Catch yourself. Listen, if you're one of those people who is always the friend that helps, you're the friend that is always available, always answering when someone calls, and you're at the point where you feel like you're not getting that energy reciprocated on any level, it's actually kind of draining. The balance is off and it's noticeable. Start with one month of saying no to anything outside of you and yours. When you journal at the end of the day or the end of the week, whatever your journal cycle is, write down those times where you had to set those self boundaries. What did you have to tell yourself no to? You may start to notice a trend. And what do we do with trends? We trace to the source, create efficiencies, put in place processes that make the trends flow in a positive direction. In other words, you set the trends. Hey, <laughs> moving on. We set boundaries with ourselves and we set boundaries with others. This can be real exam like, like because Anil says, I'm not going to hold you. Setting a different tone with your folks can be nerve wracking. It's different. People don't always respond to change well. Some people will cling to a certain version of you that works well for them and their storyline of you. But get this, you are the author of your story. If you're laughed off because they're used to a certain version of you, and I'll stop right here and make this note that a lot of the work you do on yourself and in your journey is not out in the open and in the face of everyone. So expect non-believers and naysayers. Just keep doing what you're doing. Naturally, there will be some skeptics. For example, if you are a naturally timid person, you don't really speak up on things or stand up for yourself. The first time you say, oh, no, that doesn't work for me. I'm out. People will be shocked, taken aback and have the audacity to be offended. And guess what? All of that is out of your control. How someone reacts to your boundary is out of your control. Accept it now. Say it out loud if you have to. Just don't let it be a surprise. It's lo que es. It is what it is. We protect our peace by understanding that you cannot control anyone else. You cannot control anyone else's actions, thoughts, reactions, responses, and don't worry yourself trying to make predictions. If someone is set on misunderstanding you, that's their prerogative. Your energy is precious and we are only here for a smidge at a time. When we start learning the concept of energy and energy transference, vibrations and inner being itself, if you want to call it spirits and demons, just follow along. The essential and foundational framework is to gather yourself, equip yourself, walk in light, let your light shine and illuminate the places you inhabit. Energy is contagious. We may very well want to choose nurturing and feeding our own force fields and interfering in others. Do what works. Set a routine that works in your favor. Spend time manufacturing that routine. Many of the most successful beings on earth will credit their success, their wealth, and their prestige on a very simple and straightforward routine that they champion. And if it isn't broken, don't fix it. Once you get to that place, stick to it. The beauty of life is that we all experience it differently, which makes it unique to person. And I said before, 
And I'll say it again. Do what works for you. So there it is. Protect your peace by all means. Don't forget to leave a rating and review because you already know it's going down on the blog. Meet me in the comments. Journal with me. Interact with me on the Instagram at Choose Peace the Podcast. And until next week, sending you all the peace, love, and vibes that this universe has to offer. Bye.